Welcome to the Are We Still Here podcast, where we talk about what really matters for you and your own health and fitness. I'm Jess. And I'm Sasha. And each week we'll come to you with a no-nonsense topic, which will make you challenge your own thoughts and ask, are we still here? Don't forget to like, share and subscribe if you're enjoying the podcast. And let's get to today's pod. Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 49 of the are we still here podcast um jess is here but we also have we also have a special guest um mr craig massey he's going to do a short intro and just give us a little bit of a background into um what he does as a job (laughs) how long he's been doing it and yeah what what he's up to at the minute so mass no pressure hit us yeah that's a stitch up isn't it so So, just as a little bit of context, Sash said, I'm going to introduce you. So, I was just sitting quietly, not knowing that I would introduce myself. Uh, but here we are. Um, here we are. Yeah, I'm Craig Massey, um, owner of Opex Manchester. Um, been coaching for a long time um, and through many different practices, started off my um, fitness coaching career um, via CrossFit. And then it's evolved from there, um, and over the over time, sort of evolved towards the individual and away from away from group um, is where it went. Um, served a lot of time on the gym floor um, through group and PT, um, and then built from there uh, many courses, um, many mentors over the, over the years, uh, working with many great coaches, many great experiences lots of failures, lots of learnings, um, and it's brought me to where we are today, um, starting at Opex Manchester in 2017, uh, and then, um, yeah, luckily, lucky enough to, to work with Sash for the, for the last few years, and then um, start working with, with Jess this year, so yeah, lucky boy, really. Lovely, and what would you say your, what is your current, what does your current business look like, like, what would you take us through, like, a day? a normal day for you um well it's just changed because um as you know i've just had a, a baby boy so um days have changed from what they used to be um so my, the start of my coaching day used to be program design first thing in the morning that that now is uh, time with my boy in the morning uh, and so my first start of work is actually, and this is lucky, um, <laughs> I head to work at 9.30 to get in for 10. And I, I do my uh, hours coaching on the floor with my clients. Uh, and that looks like each client has their own individualized program. Um, they're all there training at the same time. And I oversee them all uh, and coach each person where they need coaching um, and not sort of holding their hand through the whole, through the whole time. Um, that's tw- uh, 10 till probably around one-ish. Um, I'll get some lunch for myself. I train then, and then I sit down and do program design. Um, and then uh, later on in the afternoon, uh, go into my own learning and any business development stuff I need to do. Um, and then coach again in the evening. And day wraps up at uh, around eight-ish. Um, a few nights a week and earlier a couple of nights a week where, where I don't coach in the evening. So yeah, a, little, a, a nice balanced day of, 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 um, of work and then home life as well. And, and my own training and learning in there. 
Lovely. And do you want to quickly tell us about the um, mentoring thing that you've just launched on your Instagram as well, please? <laughs> uh, yeah, sure. Um, so I've been doing it um, probably lo- loosely is the word I'd say, as in I've been working with um, I've working with a number of coaches probably over the last, I don't know, five, six, seven years um, through when we had, um, when I was, um, when I was involved with train, I, I mentored a few of their coaches. Um, and then since then, um, it's just been as, as and when coaches around me need some sort of guidance and, they, and they've sort of come to me. It's not a service that I've offered. Um, but recently, as my own businesses sort of evolved and, and, and I've got better time and, and, and balance myself, and probably become more efficient at coaching myself. Um, I've come to the point where I, I have time to, to offer um, probably a more formal um, service offering of, of mentoring. Um, so it'd be in the, in the same vein that I offer my, um, my, my actual coaching. The coaching coaches will be the same, individualised, fully bespoke, one-to-one, um, access to group. So as in, we we will um, invite each coach onto the uh, weekly OPEX Manchester call. But other than that, everything will be fully bespoke. Um, so I'm just offering that to, to five people. It's not a grand thing. Um, I'm just literally just opening up a bit of space to, to yeah, to, to, to offer some help because, as I said before, I've been lucky enough to, to have had mentors through my, throughout my career. Um, and as I look around today, there's probably not so many of those people about. So I thought I'd put my neck out and say that, you know, I'm one of those people if, if people would like my support. And how many years have you been coaching, Craig? Um, I started, so I started actually um, coaching in, in fitness in 2010. Mm-hmm. Um, that was learning really um, that was learning in CrossFit uh, under Cal Stedman at CrossFit 3D um, before that I'd been I'd done some coaching in football um, so I've always had a, a sort of coach in me I've always I've always enjoyed that um, that was yeah it's always I think it's part of my essence uh, so I've, I've always drawn towards it uh, I was an engineer before that, but uh, yeah, made the change in career, um, and and we op- we ended up opening train in two thousand and twelve. So yeah, formally started coaching two thousand and ten. Dabbled a little bit before that, but then yeah, football coaching before that. Um, so yeah, 12, 12 years this year. Nice. It's weird. I just noticed what you said then with like coaching being like in your essence because I remember uh, Craig's been. It's weird calling you Craig. I never call you Craig. Craig's been I, I call him Craig but you call him Mass yeah <laughs> Mass or, or Craig with a K because uh about a million years ago someone in Starbucks spelt Craig's name I think I think he was in Canada actually and it said uh, K was it in London and it said K-R-E-G and then he just sent it to the group and since then he's even called Craig and, and even my boyfriend Dan calls him Craig like he's just <laughs> so yeah uh, Craig just said that um coaching is in his his essence and he's been guiding me with my work for maybe three three to four years now yeah. and every time I've had a wobble and thought oh I'm, I'm gonna quit or I'm gonna do something else he's like Sash you'll just end up coaching but in a different <laughs> in a different job 
you're just like you'll just do something else that's coaching but for a different thing so what are you talking about and I'd be like yeah I think sometimes it's just sometimes it's you just- do I think as well you forget don't you especially if you're maybe on the other side of it as a client that mm-hmm. all the doubts that maybe someone has in their day-to-day job your coach has them as well they're still human beings mm-hmm. so it's mm-hmm. like they still need that support from a mentor or other coaches or yeah like and I think that's how definitely mine and Sasha's friendship evolved because we used each other as a sounding board and more recently been able to to use Craig Mm -hmm. in that way um to help guide my business has been Mm -hmm. super helpful Mm -hmm. um yeah I I find I I actually find now interestingly enough that um my I I probably get my feedback um and and that feel of mentorship from the work that I do with other coaches. Um, it gives me an awful lot to reflect on um, and an awful lot of realizations as well. Um, you know, ah, maybe I should dig into that a little more. Ah, I didn't communicate that very well, et cetera, et cetera. So yeah, I guess I've not necessarily got somebody in front of me anymore. Um, I, I, there are a couple of people who are loosely there, but not that I call on every week. Um, but yeah, that, that that I get that now from from coaching other coaches, which is really interesting how that's how that's come around and turned around. I think that as well with doing a podcast, it's like being able to say the things out loud that we think a lot of the mm. time. It's a great it's a great like way to air your thoughts, yeah. um, and you do hear that with a lot of um, people who have guests on podcasts. They say like how much they learn just mm. from having the guest on, or just about themselves or the way that they approach things. I think it is um, it's like it's like real time journaling. <laughs> Literally, it is. And I think it's funny that I think, Jess, even if no one listened to the podcast, I think we'd still do it. Yeah. We just love yeah. to chat. We just love, we just talk shit. And then we, we do like 45 minutes and then we start recording. Then, before you know, on a Wednesday morning, it's lunchtime and I've got, like had no water and I'm just parched <laughs> and I've been talking for four hours. I'm like, right, better start work now. Um, yeah. Wednesdays so, fly by. Literally. So today's topic, when does healthy striving stop? Finish. Mm. Benito. Um, Jess came up with And this. we love that quote, don't we? What? Healthy striving. We Brene. love that quote. Yeah. Did you see, by the way, Brene's, <laughs> Brene Brown's post yesterday? I said a break. She's taking a work, socials, podcast, anything to do with working break until September and she put up a post and she was like see you in September essentially like we've worked really hard everyone needs a break um you know we just need to just take some time out to come back better and I was just like I respect that so much I think more people need to not be scared that if they disappear off socials for a bit that suddenly no one's going to remember who they are and Mm. um, I know I had that when I was in the Middle East and then I suddenly had to be like guys I (laughs) I still, I'm still a coach help, you know, um, and it was really, really tough, but I just think that's really cool that people need. Yeah, it. It is yeah. A, I think if you, if you, if you look at that in context and we can link this back to, to training, um, I, I, I don't follow her religiously, but uh, I know that she's, she's just released a new book, hasn't she? And, and, and yeah. I, I saw some um, comments from her that, that she said that it was a, it was her most challenging book and it really, really, really sort of battered her um in 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 doing so i imagine all the thoughts in it challenged her and what have you so she's just been through this real uh intense creative period and so then 
she's because she's so self-aware she's aware that she needs some significant recovery on the other side like training right it's like the, the harder you go the more the more recovery you're going to need probably um so it's yeah it's a good le- there's a good lesson in there mm-hmm. so she her healthy striving then is she realized that she probably came to an end when she's finished that book and realized that she was drained essentially um yeah, yeah. i'd love to read that but what's the book called does anyone know uh let's have a look something about the heart is it because i've not actually read daring greatly i've listened to numerous Brene podcasts ted, and ted, ted talks blogs, ted talks blogs mm-hmm. um but maybe i'll add her um uh daring greatly and something else can't remember the other name i think the new one is atlas of the heart mapping so, meaningful connection and language of human experience yeah. sounds good yeah. i'd need a rest after reading it by the time i'd be tell you what i <laughs> bet there'd be countless ceiling stairs after that one <laughs> or, or ceiling stairs or as i send to mass every time we have a chat the the meme of lisa simpson in bed with her eyes open just staring like it is i i also i said this to matt the other day like where yeah. i find like my own like solace is sat on the stairs and like mal walked past at the bottom of the stairs and he's like what are you doing i'm like just having a minute <laughs> like, <laughs> like a child like a, yeah. a like i've been like i've been sent to bed i'm like just having a minute and he's like you find the weirdest places to sit i'm like well it's just i feel like it's really quiet it's enclosing i'm like a cat in a box <laughs> it's like it's like this is really comforting we need that time mass probably doesn't need it because he's probably at, at, at the end of, of things like that but sometimes i <laughs> i got stare at summit yeah <laughs> oh no 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 I, no, I, no 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 <laughs> no i don't think that goes away I just clear off on my bike. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. To be fair, walking, staring, just yeah, getting out and and, and thinking. Yeah. So healthy striving. When does it come to an end? So let's use it um, in terms of training and stuff, because obviously, in our industry, there's lots of people that come to us with extravagant goals, or people that come to us wanting to do something that's maybe more extreme than I don't know. I just want to feel better and and drop a few pounds and because these people come without knowledge of how to get there hence why they're coming to us you know they can go too fast or do too much or see someone else that has done it and think oh I'll just do what they've done even though they're professionally trained in it and stuff so how do you guys get past that kind of stuff in 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 coaching mass (laughs) I was just waiting I guess I've just found a quote off that healthy striving thing that might be good to interject here, which is from the actual book, which she says, healthy striving is self-focused as yeah. in how can I improve? Yeah. But perfectionism is other focus as in what will they think? Yes. Which I think oh, is good. Yeah. I've quoted that in an email. I recognize it because I've quoted it in an email before. Yeah. I think it was one of the first ones I ever did. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's it's, it's in, in, intrinsic and extrinsic, mm-hmm. really, in, in yeah, its simplest form. I think that comes into it. I think probably what lies below all of that is that the the psychological piece of the the, the, the zone of proximal development. Mm-hmm. So without getting too deep in this, but um, oh, go deep. We're here. We're all here for for deepness. Well, I, don't I guess want... we've got coaches and clients listening, haven't we? We have a, yeah. a good mixture. Yeah. So I guess yeah, it's, yeah. it's making it. That well, way. you just told me that 56 people listened to the last one. I don't want, I don't <laughs> want to send 56 people to sleep. So I'll, I'll try and keep it brief. 
Um, although that would be a record. Um, <laughs> no, so um, yeah, zone of proximal development. I think I think we in in some ways we have that um, ingrained into us from from childhood and how we learn and how we develop. So we know that there's a level of challenge required to create adaptation to grow. And that would be a healthy strive. It would be a, a nudge forward to a point where, yeah, this is challenging. I'm not too sure about this, but I know that it can be achieved and therefore I'm gonna, gonna grow and adapt from it. Unhealthy striving would probably be a, a, a step too far. So out of the zone, too far in front, sort of overreaching if you like. For, but then that's where then the next layer would come into that as to why have you done that? And that, and then I would say that that's where the intrinsic or extrinsic thing would come in because then that would be the reason um, that you've, that you've gone there and made that step. But below that is, is just understanding, you know, the, the, the mechanisms that sit within learning and development in the first place. Interesting. So Matt, in, in your experience with living through coaching when socials wasn't really prominent, into a world where <laughs> Sasha into... just by the way guys Sasha just said that mass is old yeah she did that's okay <laughs> hey, I, live, I live in it I'm 10 years younger than mass and I live for a time when socials wasn't prominent when it was yeah. just the it was just the Valencia filter on like a picture yeah, of yeah. your breakfast yeah you were you were five at the time but yeah <laughs> <laughs> okay so, so what I'm saying is that it's interesting because even though Jess and I both have mass has lived through a time in <laughs> where he had a wireless radio and, <laughs> and, he, and he played with he played with a cup and ball outside and one, of the, and one of those wheels with a stick <laughs> Sashi's doing him sick. dirty here by the way I wish you could no. just so you know guys we're not interviewing an 80 year old man today <laughs> 41 um mm-hmm. Matt has lived for a time where he was coaching and, and there was no like oh should I post this on Instagram or I'm gonna do this because it, it wasn't there um mm. So do you think that the rise of socials has led to more people using that like sacrificial kind of part of their personality is like, oh, I'm, uh, you know, I'm willing to go there for said goal. Do you think it's become more prominent because we have more means to tell the world about it? Yes. The end. Bye, everyone. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks. Well, uh, episode 50. (laughs) I, I agree. On to the next episode. <laughs> uh, care to elaborate? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Um, uh, can you tell this is my first podcast? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, uh, no, yeah, I agree. Um, and, and yeah, my, my, my question to many people would be, you know, would you still do that if, if, if you didn't have the opportunity to um, share it with many and... Uh, achieve the applause and, and and feel a sense of belonging and admiration um would you still do that and, and i think it's a good question i think it's a good question we can all ask because this it's not this isn't picking anybody out and saying you know there's a certain group of people who suffer from this social media is a big part of life today and so i think it's a good question we can all ask when we're doing anything like would I still be doing this in this way if I didn't have that camera on or if I knew that I wasn't going to write a post about this at some point or mm-hmm. et cetera, et cetera. So no, I think, um, yeah, that, and, 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 and even within that, you know, it's that healthy, health, healthy and unhealthy relationship with the thing. Um, I think we it, spoke 
sorry you go I was going to say no, 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 about no. the intention thing that you've said before to me which is mm. like um it's fine to post say for example if you're building your business and you're sharing what you're doing throughout the day it's like that's fine because your intention is to build connection or whatever but it is what point where that baby changes to and again Sasha and I have spoken about this on a podcast before which was like that announcement culture like we're constantly like showing off like mm -hmm. oh look at me in my new Range Rover or look at me I'm about to go on first class on a plane or look at me it's like it's like okay well who are you doing that for what are you doing that for now like why are you sharing that and if your intention is still true to your values and, and honest and true then I don't see there's a problem with that at all but if you're doing it purely for validation then it's mm -hmm. like maybe that's a conversation that is uncomfortable to have with yourself but maybe necessary yeah and and, and also really difficult to get out of if you've if you've if you've created a scenario where your followers have that expectation of you now mm -hmm. so you've almost you've 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 kind of you've set the scene if you like um and so you have a number of spectators who are watching you for a, for a certain reason that perhaps wasn't necessarily authentic. But to come away from it then would be to lose 100,000 followers, a shitload of sponsorships, et cetera, et cetera. And I, I personally, I've dealt with a, um, a few clients who have been in that situation, who have kind of almost made a career from this persona um and then got tired from it because it was essentially a, a, an act that wasn't authentic um and you can imagine the danger of of, of that on a person and, and, the, and the pressure and the, and the intensity of that on a person so yeah i mean it, i i i i empathize it's tough um it's hard but i think most people if they had their time again would say i would I would resist the temptation for the admiration and, 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 the, and the instant gratification um, and perhaps be a little more authentic and, 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 and go from there because that's, and I know we use the word a lot in, in OPEX, but that's sustainable. Yeah. Um, whereas the alternative isn't sustainable. It's, it's an act. Like the identity thing, isn't it? And I think um, Jess and I have spoken about recently how a lots of coaches or male and female, to be honest, kind of their identity and their business is kind of based on the way they look and their bodies and their physique and so they feel like they have to keep that physique you know ready or whatever to continue on posting and saying oh you know this is my workout today this is meal two whatever and um and then I don't know say the woman has gets pregnant and has a baby or the man I don't know goes through something and you know they don't train for a bit because they're busy with something else it's like if you base your whole identity within your business on something that can easily change like that mm. then suddenly your worth becomes linked to it and then suddenly you have to and it's almost like you have to explain yourself it's like Paige Hathaway who was huge like when I got into it maybe 10 years ago yeah bodybuilding she was looking back I'm like wow I've never seen a, a woman that shredded like you could see every like every muscle in her body and I was like, oh yeah she looks sick um and then when she had a baby and put on weight it's almost like she had to do a pose to justify it guys the only reason I don't look like that anymore is because you know I'm I wasn't maybe wasn't healthy and I've had a baby and whatever but it's like just to explain to her followers that why she didn't look that way anymore and I just think especially for well maybe men actually as well but it's a dangerous path to go down when your entire business ju is just about what you can do or what you look like 
or something about your personality when that can just change yeah yeah exactly and I think what what you touch on there is is is, is value and let's face it everybody follows certain pages because they see value or they or there's a there's, a, there's an alignment of values so it's like oh, I, I share that same value I, I enjoy what they're talking about perhaps you can learn something here or whatever it might be or I, I I look to that as inspiration whatever if that value isn't true and you've 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 built a system around it you know that's like you say it's a dangerous game because um you've you've created a following that that of who have alignment with with the value um and there's also that risky game of we mentioned before then when you do change your opinion on something people all of a sudden feel like you've been dishonest mm -hmm. even though we are like we are like allowed to change our opinion on things but when mm -hmm. you literally base your whole life on being keto karen and then you don't believe in keto anymore it's like oh well what am i following you for that type yeah. of thing um do you know what makes me really comes to mind when you said this and it might seem very like <laughs> not relevant but it is <laughs> Lorraine Kelly basically got done <laughs> basically mm. got done for like uh, tax dodging a few years ago and she came Lorraine. out and she basically and she basically said well no Lorraine's a character that's not me and she managed to get around it because she basically said it's a separate person to her but then everyone also like lost a lot of trust in our Lorraine because <laughs> She lied. She I lied didn't about that. Well, me being Lorraine Kelly's number one fan, clearly, <laughs> was really upset about it. I know. I was going to say, did you have a grieving process? <laughs> well, the only reason I don't know how I actually found this out, but um, my mum used to have the Lorraine Kelly workout DVD, which was like, go get your tins of beans from the cupboard, that Maybe. type of thing. Um, but yeah, again, so then like it's the identity thing. So some people can go, oh well, that wasn't me anyway. That was almost like. A fictitious version of me but like mm -hmm. Matt said then what happens is you realize it's an act it's an act so like for her I wonder if she goes home and takes a wig off and she's like <laughs> what a <Ooh>. day <laughs> yeah. she goes and she goes like really northern or like southern and she's got like this really strong Scottish accent <laughs> hasn't she and she just changes entirely but that's the thing with identity like you can only keep it up for so long that's it it, 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 yeah. it is like like yeah. I said it's an act so you can only keep it up for so long and then and then what happens? Mm, yes. And, and oh, so I was just going to jump in at that point. I was just going to say. Um, Jordan Peterson explains a, a, a thing through um, the story of Pinocchio uh, about um, the, the act, the actor's life and. And and the the lesson in there is that um, if you're if you're if you're not true to yourself when you attract a crowd, at some point you become that crowd's puppet. Yeah. Um, mm. Which is as we, we 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 see that play out, and that and that's you know the clients that I've dealt that I've, I've dealt with, I've worked with in the past uh, who've who've struggled with that scenario. That's the place where they found themselves, where they know what they. They know what they're putting out there isn't themselves. It doesn't align. It, in fact, you know, it it upsets them because it, it's not right. They want to make a change, but they're stuck, and so they become the puppet of the of the of the act that, that they've created. Yeah, 
that's I think it. that's it. it there's so many other things around the person themselves that influence what they do with their decisions like environment like the people that are around them mm-hmm. and if you don't give yourself that headspace or the opportunity to have those conversations with a coach or with somebody else I don't know whether you go to a th- therapist or anything it's like you almost never discover that because you're just going through the motions all the time and you also then never get to find out what's truly important to you and it's again I always like Matt always says to me all all the time it's not that deep Jess like literally like (laughs) you'd like going down a rabbit hole here and I'm like no no honestly I think it is because (laughs) we just we wonder what the problem is a lot of the time it's like that analogy isn't it around like um if if a plant's not growing, like look to the soil, look like where it is in the sun, look at all the different things in its environment that are making it not grow rather than just being like, Oh, it's a plant's fault. Yeah. (laughs) Why are you not growing? Like, and blame, and blame it. It's, it's like so many other things that, that impact it. That's good. Yeah. I like that, that puppet analogy. I think it was years ago, but I spoke to a girl in the gym once who came to the gym to do her posing or something. And she was bodybuilder. And she had the issue is when you're a bodybuilder is that, you know you go through stages don't you so you you build and then you prep and then you build and then you that's just the the life cycle and then you have a break and then you build and then you prep and it's like she said that at one point because she had a big following on socials like I think it was like 20 25,000 or something and she did have a business with it she said that sometimes she just felt like she had to prep for the show because it's what mm. people were expecting and obviously we all know as coaches how dangerous you know that can be especially for a woman to to get down to that lower body fat like I don't know sub 10 or whatever ridiculousness it is but she was like sometimes I don't even want to do it but I feel like I got to take everyone along for the ride now because this is what they're expecting because it's this certain season and all the shows are coming up and she just sat there like oh yeah it's a bit annoying really I'm like don't do it then (laughs) oh my god don't do it like prep is not eat I'm not not saying that I've done it but I can't imagine that 16, 20 weeks of that is easy enough to do it just because you feel like you have to. You got like even, you know, we know Josh uh, McHale, like, you know, bodybuilder prep. And he always says, like, you've got to really, really want to do it. Otherwise, don't even bother because it's really hard and unhealthy. And, even you know, he's he's a professional and he says that. Um but fuck imagine like imagine feeling that pressure from something that you've created oof so on that note around like healthy striving Mm -hmm. you mentioned earlier around um do you feel like a lot of people go past the point of it being healthy because they enjoy the thought of it being like no I'm so disciplined in regards to something like bodybuilding that you just mentioned Mm -hmm. yeah are you asking me or math? <laughs> Just open forum, really. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think, well, I think if we think about the extremes in fitness that, that people tend to go down, so bodybuilding, powerlift, well, I'm not saying all sport is, well, I te- it is, I guess. It's like, it's like choosing something that you want to do and taking it so far as that you might do a competition. So I guess it is kind of extreme. How yeah. How do you look at it? So the common ones, bodybuilding, um, powerlifting, CrossFit, weightlift some any kind of performance thing where endurance events yeah marathon yeah we just say sport yeah sport okay sport. yeah I, I didn't want to say i thought sport. sport but i didn't want to say it just in case people think sport's not extreme it's like what well, it is well, well 
Mass is yeah. so pragmatic. This is why our podcast lasts over an hour, but Mass is like, just say sport, guys. <laughs> like, <laughs> and we're like going into the nuances just, of like, well, if you think about it, it's like, we just don't want to offend anyone. Let, Mass is like, I'll let you get to, I'll let you get, to, <laughs> I'll let you get to 10 sports before a junction. <laughs> you don't need to list all of the sports. Football, rugby, <laughs> you know, guys, like... <laughs> So yes. yeah, <laughs> where yeah, so essentially a sport where you're training for performance. Um, alone. There you go. Yeah. So 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 there's a, yeah. So the the difference there in sport is that there's an external requirement to compete, and if you're not there, then you can't compete. Simple as that. So that can create an unhealthy strive. Now, what tends to happen is it becomes self-selecting, and the ones that the ones that do can. So it's that there is there is an element of healthy striving, but generally the peak that you reach in sport is probably a peak that's beyond what would be a healthy striving for general health and fitness. And so that's, I guess, I, I guess there's a little bit of a difference there, just as I'm saying it. Perhaps that isn't an unhealthy strive, but it's just an un. It's a less healthy peak. It's a less healthy position you get to at your best. So elite performance isn't inherently healthy. Is my point. However, the very small percentage of people that get there have probably done so with generally healthy striving. I would suggest because they can, because they're a bit. They're they're able to take great steps forward and adapt so their zone of proximal development as we went as we spoke about earlier is just is bigger yeah so they're able to take a bigger step and still adapt and change and grow um are there compensatory events that happen in in, in order for them to do that sure of course there are because in sport we're into specialism so it's not like you're gonna take a hundred meter sprinter um and then make them a good football player, for instance. So 100 meter sprinter, out and out, speed in one direction, field sport, requirement of quick decision-making, change of direction, et cetera, et cetera. You know, um, higher level of aerobic based, all, all, all of the things. So there are differences within there, but there are specialisms within each sport. And so, yeah, compensation will be in there for sure. Um, but all pointing towards, you know, a singular goal um, that they're that they're able to express as, as, as they go. So it's like a level of resilience that is needed to. Mm, yes. To yeah, there. yeah. That, I would say that that is the yeah. um, that is probably one of the the, the keys to elite performances. Yeah. And talent, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. You can't yeah. you can't miss that, can you? No. Nope. So I think the difficulty we sometimes face in our careers is that we. Uh, I know personally I've had people um, come to me with this is that fitness always used to be, especially for, well, I keep saying, especially for women, but then I think actually probably men as well, all about the way you look. And then people dive down that road and then they come to the conclusion that it makes them feel like shit after a certain amount of time, because there's only so much you can change. Becoming controlling over the way you look over and over again can just be a bit tiring. And then what did we see? Like with the rise of Instagram, we saw lots of ex- um uh physique people and uh, bikini uh athletes then going into a performance sport it's like oh no guys don't you know i wanted to be healthy so i'm going to do crossfit now or 
Oh no, I'm going to do powerlifting now. because I want to train for performance because this, you know, training for the way you look is not the route to go down. And, and then obviously we can see from the outside that sometimes not all the time, but sometimes it's taking that extreme kind of part of their personality to something else that they see as healthy. When in fact, if that's part of their personality, then it might just go down that road as well. And then a few years later, they're like, you know what? I'm just sick of doing anything. <laughs> can't be after that anymore. I can't, I don't want to do heavy powerlifting. I don't want to train for the way I look. What do I do now? You know? And I, and I guess like, this is what we spoke about when it was the, the conversation that really started the idea for this podcast today, mm-hmm. which is, the need to feel like you're always doing something like telling some sort of um, interesting or dramatic or some sort of story that makes your life maybe more interesting. And it's almost Mm -hmm. like an awareness. Again, it always comes back to awareness, but like an awareness of why are we doing that? Is that for you? Is that something that you like to do? Are you replacing Mm -hmm. one addiction in so many words with another addiction or that type of conversation? But I think until you understand a little bit more around what you're striving towards Mm -hmm. or whether there's a need to be striving at all if you can be content in where you are with your health and fitness Mm -hmm. like all these types of questions and there's no and I think there's no right or wrong and that's why I find it fascinating because it is so individual and Mm -hmm. someone might say well I always can see myself doing a big event or I can always see myself being like in some sort of sport even if it's not this sport forever I can always see myself doing something because they just love it mm-hmm. it I do find it I do I find it fascinating and I think that's what makes us all mm-hmm. so different isn't it but mm. yeah, yeah. I think it's goals it's it's some people do feel like those kinds of people maybe or people that do strive to compete even if it's like local competitions or something on a bit of a smaller scale they want something exciting because mm-hmm. just training for them just doesn't quite itch scratch that itch itch that scratch mm-hmm. um <laughs> just doesn't quite get it for them so they think oh you know if I'm just training for to if I'm just running if I'm just going for a run it's not as interesting as if I'm training for a 5k or if I'm just lifting mm-hmm. weights it's not as exciting as if, if I'm um I don't know training for uh, a one rep max or something that little bit more extreme it's like that's where the character comes into it. it's like some people just really struggle to really commit to something if there's not something shiny at the end is there anything wrong with that as well do you think yeah 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 for sure no no I do I I do because I think the missing the missing piece for for in in that that scenario I would say across the board is is awareness of yourself first so I would say that, that that constant striving for something else is is a striving to fill a gap or a void in life. Mm-hmm. Um, and it might be something that you are aware of, but you would rather not look at. Um, or it might be something that you're just not aware of. And all you are aware of is the fact that mm-hmm. you need something to point at, no matter what it is. But as we know, unless you know yourself well enough to understand what you value most in life and um, what you believe and, and, and all of these things, it's difficult to set a goal that will be meaningful or the process towards it will be meaningful. So the whole this whole thing should start with yourself. And I think that's what 
you know, we're in a lucky position with our coaching that we have the time and space to have these conversations over a period of time with clients where we can get into this. Um, but it's it's taking the time to to yeah get that ground piece in base. It's like get get the ground piece in place, um, and then work out from there. So you might get to the point where what you're aiming towards is the same thing, but now you just understand that why it's aligned and why it is there. And so you just have a deeper understanding of that. Or you go, this is me, this is what I value and this is what I prioritize. And, and, and you know, da, 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 da. this goal that I did have that was feeling like it was a constant effort is, is, is in no way aligned with, with me and what, I, and, and what I want out of life. Um, so what, you know, why, why am I doing it? And it, it might have taken the pursuit of it in the first place to get to that realization. Um, and that's, I think that's the difficult thing that we have as coaches. We, we probably have a tendency, um, that we learn to override with experience of, of fixing things and, 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 and guiding people in the right way as soon as we can. Um, and a lot of the time, the best learning process for clients is to go through the difficulty um, and then learn through that process and then we can guide them um, on their way on, on, on the other side. And I think that's what this could be, you know, um, with, with these, with these goals that we can perhaps see that they're, they're not necessarily aligned and perhaps are a distraction um, or, or, or some sort of coping mechanism for something that lies below, you know, that's, that's going to be difficult to get at and take some time to sort through. So, yeah. And that's not easy, is it, for a client to let go of necessarily either? Oh, oh no, no, no. Because no. like we were talking about before, um, there'll be identity tied up in that. There'll be um, connections with people tied up into that. There'll be, you know, a sense of worth, all, all of these, all of these things. So when you start to pull these things away, um, it's really difficult. It's when the, when the, when the athlete, when the athlete gets to the end of their career, that's a, that's a really difficult time in, in, in their life because in order to be good at what they, in what they do, they have to pour everything into that. And that means them hundred percent identifying as athletes. Um, and, and the person, you know, that them, their core that, that sits below that, that can get lost within it. And so when the, when the sport, the identity of the sports person is removed, you've almost, you, 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 you're taking away a, you know, a whole, yeah, a, 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 it's like a whole life really that, mm -hmm. that this, this person's almost got to re, refined and, and, and rebuild. Um, and it's, you can just in explaining that you can hear how, how, incredibly difficult that is but that's perhaps you know on a on a on a, on a smaller scale it, it happens um it happens within hobbies as well you know and people we, we see it within these really powerful you know the community the community that's created in crossfit it, it it's a it's a real you know people create massive connections in there um and, and it's it, it it becomes difficult to remove yourself from it, even if you know that perhaps um, what you're, you know, you might need something a little bit different in your, in your fitness pursuit at this time of your life, whatever it might be. Same with any, any pursuit of, of hobby, you know, it's, it's, it's hard. It's really tough. And it, it, it does. You're right, Jess. It takes, 
it takes some time and um, I would suggest it takes um, some guidance as well. And that, that's not putting us up on a pedestal as like you need to come to us for help. It's not. It, all we do is create space for you to organise your thoughts to help you through that process. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I was just about to say, Matt, obviously that's athletes and sport. Do you think the same thing relates to, you know, us, for example? Yeah, sure. It can, it, it can do. Yeah, for sure. I think we can all create identities that, that or get attached to identities, you know, um, that run away with themselves uh, and, and, and we can forget ourselves. And I think that's where, that, you know, what we're talking about here with healthy and unhealthy striving is when probably the ego and, the, and those identities, and, and when I say ego, I don't, I don't mean that in a negative way. It's just, you know, factual. Um, it's when, it's when they, they run the show um, and, you know, so then temptation and all the rest of it for all of the, all of the touchy feely things that, that you get from, from these pursuits uh, be, is, is, is too much to turn down. Um, so yeah, it's incredibly difficult to bring yourself back from, from that, from that situation. There was um, a really great quote in that book that I've read recently. So uh, Donald Miller's a million miles in a thousand years. And he said, right at the end of it, in living our great story, we feel like we have a story worth telling. And I do really like that, but at the same time, it's like worth telling to whom to 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 show off to um, to like prove a point, like or is it because it genuinely gives you like happiness and is aligned with the person that you are or part of the person that you are. I think that is like almost a caveat that I added to it when I heard him say it. I was like, mm. yeah, it's lovely, but <laughs> maybe with that little side note just underneath. Yeah. I'm just reading at the moment um, a hero with a thousand faces and it's, it's absolutely fascinating. Um, it's a, it's a heavy read, but um, it, it's, it's, it's a great read. Um, but in that, you know, people, everybody has a story. And I think the difficult, the difficulty today is the, is the, well, it's the instant gratification. So, you know, whether that's the social media thing or whatever it is, but it's also the, the, the level of expectation for entertainment it's like it needs to be this big you know it needs to slap you in the face otherwise it doesn't it doesn't capture my attention whereas the reality is that every single person has a great story if you're willing to listen to it and yeah I like that every 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 person is the hero of their own story doesn't um Jordan Peterson says something. I think it's the first time we've mentioned him twice, but yeah, he, yeah, says, yeah. he says something like, um, if you think the person you're talking to is boring, then it's probably you that are boring because you're mm. just not listening to them. I like that. Yeah. yeah. I'm trying, trying to think of the book. I can't remember, but can you remember there was a book where a lady who interviewed people who were like about to pass away and they all said like it wasn't it, it was really good because it was like their last thoughts basically yeah but she she basically interviewed them on they they didn't say it was the big firework moments that they mm. remembered but it was like the ordinary things that they yeah. would miss and I think that's the same when unfortunately maybe someone gets a diagnosis or something really unfortunate happens they don't think oh I'm not going to get to go do that that amazing like holiday or yeah. like they might they might do but they also think a lot about Oh, I'm really good. I'm not going to be able to enjoy dinner 
at my family home with like my mum, my dad, my siblings, whatever, or I'm really good. I'm not going to get to take my dog for a walk again. It's like those things that they, they miss the ordinary, but like Mas just said, it's like, we think it needs to be this like big firework event all the time. And reality is they, they do make up life and they're the, the, the maybe the memorable moments, but it's also finding comfort in the ordinary. Yeah. yeah doing doing strength, strength training three times a week because it's just part of your week and it doesn't have to be, oh my God, that was the best session of my life. I did yeah. it. I did it at a retreat in Bali. It's like, no, I did it in my garage. <laughs> did it in my garage yeah. in Scunny. It was absolutely fine. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, that's really interesting. Mass, I remember you said that you were at a bus stop. Or was it near a bus stop or something? And you saw an old guy hop up and do some pull-ups or something. Yeah, that was in um, that was in lockdown. I was just, How was it? Yeah, I was I was walking the dogs and um this guy was sat at the bus stop and it, he was obviously doing his little bit of training for the day, but I thought he just sat at the bus stop. Anyway, yeah, he, he, he popped up and bust out a set of 10 of the best ride work strip, <laughs> strip pulls I've ever seen. And he was, about, he, was about, he, was, he was literally about 70. What a man. And Love I said to him, I said, my man, I love that. <laughs> and he said, and, and his words were, you've got to keep doing a bit, haven't you? Yeah. Brilliant. Hell. Brilliant. Um, have that as a quote but, up. You just got doing a bit. Yeah, and 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 for, for me, you know, you know that he's not on social media. I would have, <laughs> I would have, I would have paid to sit and speak to that guy for a yeah. few hours and listen to his story. Yeah, mm. it would have been so interesting. Mm. Um, Jeff, okay. just a bit there, about... um, no, you carry on. You carry on. I was going to say, isn't the it's maybe in like Denmark or a country that is much better than <laughs> anywhere else in the world um, <laughs> that they they in going to care homes and rather than um like no sorry in a library rather than lend out books they um bring people from old people's home to tell their story to mm. younger people and I love mm. that because it's like yeah, well, yeah. that's actually a better story than probably half of the books on the shelf so yeah I so. think I, th- I think the storytelling piece um well it brings perspective and especially you know, you mentioned you mentioned the, the the final thoughts thing there, just with the 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 people who are um, on their deathbed, um, and I guess I guess that's what it is, right? And and, and I say a guess because I, I you know I can't I can't imagine I'm, I'm just um, imagining I'm just trying to imagine, but it's that level of perspective at that point where all material things are stripped away, so everything that we think is important. Um, and all temptations in life and what have you um, are removed and 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 then y- you can see with clarity what really matters Absolutely. Um, I guess I guess that's 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 our aim mm-hmm. as coaches not to be not, not not saying that you know we create this big powerful scenario but to to create the space so that clients can as I've said before organize their own thoughts sufficiently to be able to see with clarity what is most important in their life yeah and that it isn't probably those touchy-feely materialistic things that um that that uh, are driven at us you know yeah Um, absolutely i just wanted to um chapter 18 in the book that i've just read uh, it's called When You'll Believe Anything. And underneath on the chapter, it just says appealing fictions and why stories are more powerful than statistics. Mm. And I think um, in our job, I know that since writing the emails, every, every so often I'll write, oh, you know, what do you guys want to 
what do you want to read? What do you want to... And every single time I write that, I get quite a lot of response and they all say, oh, I really like it when you tell a, a story from a client or what someone's done. It's like they don't want to see a picture of, you know, before and after or how much weight someone's lost or how strong they are. They just want to see like a normal person's story and how they went from A to B because people want something to look at and be like and to relate to. Mm. You know, I think in our job, that's, you know, with marketing or whatever and stuff, it is like Jess said right at the beginning, like telling a story is way more powerful than a number or, I don't know, a statistic of some sort. Yeah, I think if, so if you, if you, um, so, I'm, I'm, <laughs> folks listening, um, I, I, I gesticulate heavily. Um, so I'm just doing my, my I'm doing this with my hands, but, um, we, we always use these two will, will know because I, I use it a lot in, in um, me thinking things through but there's um there's a continuum towards mastery and it starts at blind in the bottom corner and it goes up diagonally to the right and it goes blind awareness um, knowledge embody understand and master or transcend and to that point I think sash is that if somebody's lucky enough to reach the awareness part where they're aware that there's something more and they're looking for something more, those facts and figures and statistics are probably the knowledge, right? So that's the injection of knowledge at that point. But then without the story, we can't feel it. And I would say that the story, if you're, if you know, if it's something that we're not able to embody ourselves, so if we're not able to play out in real life ourselves and we're sort of learning these things secondhand, we'll learn that best through a story because we can ease, we, we're better at putting ourselves in that person's shoes then. Yeah. So we can empathize. So there's an empathy piece there, right? So then with the embodiment, because we've, we've, we've been able to put ourselves in that person's shoes and feel that story we then can progress to the next step, which is understanding. So you've taken the two things there, the, stat, the stats are required. So it's like yeah. in, in coaching, the numbers and figures and stuff, people, you know, people might slag things off like counting calories and all the rest of it. There's a requirement for it, but there's an embodiment piece and an understanding that comes after it. And that's what I think is generally missing in the industry is that numbers and stats and stuff are forced down people's throats without remembering that there's actually more to the process towards transcendence and mastery than, than stopping at the numbers and the stats. Yeah, exactly. I think that's where people get stuck, isn't it? Where they, where they maybe know, well, I know what a calorie is now, or I know how to do this based on the equation or whatever mm. that might be. Mm. But then when, when they, they maybe don't um, keep it up or they um, struggle with, like the consistency or like whatever it might be they face some problems they go oh, why what's wrong with me why why I know the I know the facts of this now yeah. and it's like yeah because those things aren't enough for it to be like you say long-term health it's like it's just not enough it's not sustainable yeah mm. well it's why people go back to things isn't it tracking calories is a perfect example it's like oh I tracked my calories and I did really well and then I stopped and then so when they see them going down themselves going down that route again, they automatically jump back to it because they're like, oh, well, it, you know, it worked. I'm going to go back to it without letting it play out 
removing certain thing okay I'm not gonna I'm just gonna track one meal a day I don't know I'm gonna track one meal a day now and then okay now I'm just gonna try and look at what I'm eating and and kind of bring it back to what I was eating when I was tracking but just see if there's anything else that I can add and then just let it transcend but we don't well we we, eat something wrong yeah we think there's something wrong so we do something and then it's like right I'm gonna stop that now because it got too much and I felt like I was becoming obsessive or I wasn't obsessive but I could see it turning into something obsessive and then they stop and then they go back to how they were because they don't see it as like a stage one stage two stage three it's more like a I'm going to do this one thing and just see everyone else says it works. So I'm going to do it. And then three years later or a year later, oh, I'm just, I'm going to track my calories again. Right. Can you to do that for yeah. forever or should we just really knuckle down now and just, you know, let it take its time and then just see what comes out of it rather than just being like, Oh yeah, just do that again. Yeah. I think, the, 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 and again, back to intentions. I think that the, the key is explaining the intentions of, of, of each step so like this this is where this is why we're using calories at this point mm-hmm. or macros or tempo or whatever numbers you want to insert that help people um that help people to upgrade their knowledge a little bit more um but we're going to move on from this mm-hmm. because we want you to be able to feel it now even if that's in place we can still get to the point i mean i'm sure uh, i'll speak for myself here um, we can get to the point on that continuum that I spoke about. So we've gone from blind aware, uh, inserted some knowledge, we've embodied it and felt it, and then we understand and we're perhaps heading towards the master. But then we can go backwards as well. Yeah. So all of a sudden we might become a little blasé, um, lose awareness, and then we fall back to the awareness piece. It's like, ah, shit, I need to be real. I need to switch on again to this thing. So it's like, mm-hmm. you know, what for whatever reason... Um, so for me, um, energy in the day might be low. Um, I might start feeling uh, my old back injury or something like that. My sleep might drop off. I'm like, mm, something's off here. Let me just check it out. I'm going to track my food for three days. So I'm going to in- increase my awareness again, have a look, insert some knowledge at that point. So I've got some facts. Yeah, I am actually under eating at this point. I need to feel that again to, to, to work my way back up. And, and, and so it can always be something that we go back to. It's a tool, um, but yeah, the, the, the key to the to the to the piece for everybody is understanding that it's not those numbers aren't the end game. They're they're just part of the journey forward. I think also it's not like back to square one when you do have to go yeah. back to using a tool. I think which is a lot of people see that mm. as like, oh, I failed. I have to start all over again, and it's like. No, actually, you've learned a hell of a lot. It's just that we're kind of maybe using this in a different way now um, to, to, to come back a couple of steps with a lesson this time. So we know like what doesn't work or actually how we, we can take the learnings and, and use it differently or whatever that might be. Yeah, for um, sure. And so I think same, same goes for healthy striving. It's like you can, be, you can be super risk averse and think that you've got it all figured out by avoiding striving too far for whatever reason but until you go there and really push the boat out you never know where your point of unhealthy striving starts and ends mm-hmm. so um yeah as part of this whole process we must be willing to to push things too far in a controlled setting so like 
can we create some a little bit of a little bit of wiggle room here? So I'm going to go for this, but these are my sort of th- these are my limit limiters. So I'm going to put some guide rails up that that, that don't end up with the whole thing falling apart. Um, but yeah, you've got you've got to push it. You've got to push the boat out sometimes, and then and then you can learn and go. Yeah, that was a little bit too far. Perhaps this is the sweet spot for you in future. Um, well, then there are other t- there are other times when you've just got to do that thing. You just got to do it because um, the alternative is worse. So, like I, from my experience now, I've got, um, and this isn't what with me. It's just my it's just my scenario. I've got um, a, a baby boy. Um, Mrs. Uh, George is going back to to work soon. Um, she's looking to build her little uh, business on the side up as well at the same time um i'm looking to build our business there's a lot going on the the safe thing would be to say just everybody stay where they are and stay still but the alternative the, the alternative to that is that um you know we, we we're not fulfilled in life in in what in what we're doing and so at the moment whilst it's not ideal we're gonna have to push regardless and and and, and that's just an, that's just a, an example of you know um mm perhaps unhealthy striving but i'm gonna go and try it anyway um because the alternative is i would say considered uh, is worse mm-hmm. yeah that's interesting but that but my aim my, my i think to the to the first point sorry i'm taking over this now no it's, good. Just, it's just <laughs> as my, yeah. my mind's going my my, <laughs> my drivers behind that aren't external gratification no they're, yeah. for, they're, they're for our they're for our own goals which mean a lot to us mm-hmm. and, and, and and so we're willing to push for that you know i think we said about this before like you can have an extrinsic goal there's nothing wrong with that as long as it is in line with maybe your values or beliefs on a deeper level mm. so like i think we said before an example of someone saying i want to earn more money that seems really extrinsic because it's driven by like like quite a materialistic thing mm-hmm. in the sense that it's like mon- to some people that is not to everybody like mm-hmm. money but it's like i want to earn more money doing a career that i'm passionate about mm-hmm. then like all of a sudden it's like a different goal altogether or i want to lose 10 pounds for holiday might seem really extrinsic because it's driven by i don't know say if it's somebody who's driven by um wanting to get that bikini pick or whatever it might be but someone saying I want to lose 10 pounds because I'm making a really conscious effort to be a healthier individual and improve my habits mm-hmm. um and reduce my cholesterol because that's something that's in my family or whatever all of a sudden it changes entirely so mm-hmm. it's like as long as you understand yourself what that why is underneath mm-hmm. um it doesn't necessarily matter if anyone else knows as long as you know but having a coach is helpful because they can help you investigate that Mm. yeah absolutely yeah. yeah so i feel like we've reached the part of the pod where we're going to do the are we still here segment segment, segment. So, my, so, my, massive, my debut of this yeah mass <laughs> have you have you seen anything this week or recently that makes you think in your many years since um the world war the great depression in your um, in your many years um, mm. you think oh my god are we still here are we still talking about that thing that i was aware of 15 10 years ago when yeah. like first got into coaching is there anything that you see even today that makes you roll your eyes just a little bit 
no, no uh, uh, my reason why my reason why no um i try well, it's, it's a it's a segment massey you're gonna have to come up with something <laughs> well i thought i was, I was <laughs> can you I was, just lie for a sec <laughs> i was hoping that i was hoping that you two might come up with something uh no i think i i don't follow people that that take my mind away on on unnecessary things anymore um and then the people that I do follow that are perhaps doing things that I would say, oh, I'd do that differently. I just take my mind back to um, all the things I've done in the past. And I think, you know, we all, like we were just saying, we have to learn this shit. So, all right, Matt, we get it. You're better. Yeah, okay. Well, no, no, whoa, 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 whoa. whoa. I, am, I am not. I am not. I'm not at all. Um, no, I know. I yeah, I know what you mean. I, I, I'm not. So, I don't. I've not it's, seen it. It can be few... fun frustrations, by the way. It doesn't have to be something that you're like, oh my God, that's so embarrassing. It okay, can just be something okay. that's a bit tongue in cheek. So here's my frustration for this week. City have just signed <laughs> probably the best centre forward in the world, which makes well, next season absolutely null and void. So there you go. That's my frustration for the week. That's my, <laughs> that's my, are we still here? Our city, <laughs> our city still got that much money that they can just buy whoever they want. No, that, that's, that's, that's unfair. It's a great signing. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it was frustrating because I know that they're going to win the league next year. <laughs> I know that there's certain. Are you a United fan, by the way? No, I'm a Liverpool fan. Oh, right. Okay. It's even worse. Okay. Bye. Mm. <laughs> okay. The end. Bye. Um, no, fair enough. If that's what's. Um, but we. So sometimes me and Jeff actually have something, but also we have to be. I was aware hoping you we did. Could, yeah. We, well, we don't. We don't just like kind of look on Instagram and pick something. To no, we don't. We just it's something we, usually that we see in the mainstream media. That's not like, are yeah. we still here as if we've fucking never seen it before? It's, it's you know, history. Repeats. Just a topic. Just a okay. topic that tends to come up. Um, and something that I, I mean, it's kind of downplaying what I'm about to say. Like, it seems so ridiculous and really you should just not read about it. However people do otherwise it wouldn't be on the front page of a, a huge health magazine so obviously sometimes obviously people are thinking about it but we just so you, you 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 go but i've just thought i've just thought of one you go oh well, we, great we, we well mass is going to make mine look ridiculous all i'm saying is because it's public news and it's came out the today yesterday about hillary duff yeah mm-hmm. um hillary duff has done a nude photo shoot nude completely <laughs> <laughs> or the front cover of Women's Health magazine. If this mm. was on the front cover of, uh, fuck, what's another magazine? Uh, Vogue. I don't know. Mm. Then we probably wouldn't talk about it. But if this was on like the most famous women's health magazine in the country, we we should talk. We uh, want to talk about it. And it's basically saying that it's the body positivity thing, and she's saying that she's so happy that she finally feels proud to show her um, body after three kids. And it's naked on a thing. But the thing is, <laughs> when you look at it, you're like, what? I'm confused. It's like the most, these are the most perfect pictures I think I've ever seen of a naked woman. Hmm. As in, they're obviously airbrushed, which is, you know, we know this now. It's on the cover of a magazine. But it was almost like there's obviously been lots of controversy because it's like, so I've had three kids. It's like, yeah, but Hillary, you wouldn't know, love. <laughs> because you literally look perfect to the point of like what the hell and obviously a lot of people are saying like with this whole body positivity it's it's like body positivity wasn't really create like you're kind of not the audience it's for people that aren't represented you know disabled people um uh, people of color 
um mm -hmm. gay people in the queer community whatever it's like it's kind of for people that have never really been represented and then this <laughs> absolutely stunningly beautiful probably the beauty standard is now naked on the thing saying oh I'm, I'm feeling like brave and it's a bit like it's not got very much good press to be no. honest um which again is something that I don't really think about Jess doesn't really think about Matthew you definitely don't think about no but well, it, I, it's something that is in the world at the minute that's getting a lot of traction in the probably more for women in that community um so yeah it's just can you compare things. that to the the Cosmo cover uh, that was a few years ago with the plus size model. And I'm going to be yes. really bad and forget her name. Uh, the only reason I know Hillary Duff's name is because I was a big, there you go. The, and it's not because I've forgotten about it. It's just because I was a big Lizzie McGuire fan. And this is why I know <laughs> Hillary Duff better. Um, and um, yeah, but in that sense where it was like, she was criticized for wearing oh, shorts. God. She was like anni annihilated. Absolutely. Yeah. Annihilated by Piers Morgan. Is, yeah, exactly. And now Hillary Duff's on here and she's saying, I'm proud of my body. And it's mm -hmm. like, the the general like you say the people who think that she is maybe the body standard will just go yeah amazing like great so brave or the maybe the body positivity movement are like well what's the difference like yeah. why why can you have one and not the other that type of thing so that's the hour we still hear it's just like yeah constantly moving the goalposts of what suits yeah. society at that yeah. moment in time yeah. and that's yeah. what's frustrating and our conversation in how we still here is just raising everyone's awareness that yeah. it's like Sometimes when you see it, yeah, you can go, oh my God, she does look great, brilliant. But yeah. then you can also go, how come we didn't clap the other lady? Yeah, <laughs> yeah what's yeah. happening? It, it's again, it, it's like you, it brings across, it, it puts across the narrative that you are allowed to be confident, but only if you're actively trying to um, be accepted. It's like Tess Holiday is not trying to lose weight. She's a large lady. She's one of the most highly paid models in the world, actually. And mm -hmm. she's, um, you know, largely overweight, whatever. Um, but she was criticized because she's not actively trying. She is not like, if she was on the front cover saying like, oh, I've lost a stone, everyone be like, bravo. But she's not. So she's on them because she's not actively trying to do something about it. Then she is seen as glamorizing. Can I also share that one of my friends used to do the PR for a plus size clothing brand that's pretty big in the UK. Mm -hmm. And she used to go with bloggers on press trips abroad. Mm -hmm. And um, she used to say that the plus size models would sit by the pool. And again, in the same sense as think about the bikini competition, people who can't post pictures unless they yeah, can yeah. absolutely shredded. They were sat at the pool all worrying that they didn't have enough like rolls or body fat for the photos and it didn't they didn't look big enough. Wow. For, for their audience that blew my mind it goes both ways doesn't it, it goes both ways it goes absolutely both ways yeah they well, felt like, like they wouldn't um, look they didn't look appealing to their audience it's like um what's her name who plays the she said this so i'm the the funny fat one from pitch perfect and she's in bridesmaids what's um, her name australian what, girl i know who you mean um oh no it's really gonna kill me google it just so i don't want to do her in a disservice um, quite an unusual name yeah why can't I think of a name Mass, come on think of the fact <laughs> you know who we mean right I'm just gonna, no. Rebel Wilson Rebel yeah. Wilson Rebel why Wilson. did that take so long so Rebel Wilson um was actually she did a big interview with um who's a British lady actually I can't remember I think it was even for the BBC um she did a big interview basically saying that when she was known as the funny fat one she would no longer get to be cast in a film, they'd be like, well, you have to stay fat. 
mm-hmm. and you and you have because you're the funny fat one and she wanted to get into more serious roles because she's a comedic actress which is totally fine but they were like no because you, if you lose weight then we won't hire you and she so she had to actually had to come away from that because she was staying big even when she wasn't even laterally that large she was mm-hmm. just doing it because otherwise she thought that she wouldn't get the part so we do forget that it it obviously one it way probably was, but it does go both ways interesting okay yeah Matt's what was yours um right so why why do great series still end shit <laughs> example so, Ozark <laughs> Oh, I haven't watched uh, it. We did it, did it. We've still got like two episodes left. Uh, to be fair, I think, I think, I think, I mean, my, maybe this is the same across all great series. You just don't really want it to end. So when it does end, it's like, fuck, oh, no matter how they end it. But it didn't really, it didn't really feel like it ended. It was like, I've got so many questions. Yeah, what, but happened? there'll be another one, right? Is there yeah, another but, one? No, no, no. Well, that was the final series. So I was oh, expecting a bit of a conclusion. So, you know, nothing like, will ever be as bad as Lost. Lost. Ah. Nothing will ever be as bad as Lost. No. Surely. I don't I remember. Believe, I believe, I, I didn't watch it, but I believe Game of Thrones was, was a rough ending as well. Do you know what? I was fine with, oh, I was yeah. fine with Game of Thrones because I didn't watch it series by series. I binged them all at once. So I was okay with that. I'd not invested okay. a lot of my life into yeah. it. I just invested... A, a binge series into that but yeah, yeah. as you can imagine but Matt, yeah, I think I, you're I, right I want a, I want to you know like JK Rowling nailed it in Harry Potter yeah like, yeah she brought that to some close you want oh, a good yeah. story you want a good story which is exactly what we spoke about today yeah but yeah. actually so to this book to that book I mean, uh, this is probably going on people have switched off by now this is just us no. on this yeah this always <laughs> happens we get to the end and we totally go off topic and then just have a chat us three and <laughs> Sasha's mum. High five. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, yeah, in, 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 the, in the, the, the actual hero journey, the end, the end is actually, you know, you just sort of slip away. Um, so maybe, maybe, that's, maybe that is it. Maybe that is it. Unnoticed, just sort of walk yeah. away into the night. But don't um, you think that they're the types of films that make you think differently because they don't give you exactly what you want? So, like, I think about... Um, uh, is it La La Land where it's like they don't spoiler alert they don't actually get together and it's not all happy ending that type of thing and it's like you're a bit like you leave the cinema and you're a bit like hmm. <laughs> like oh annoyed about God. it but but yeah. reality is that is actually what life is like like yeah, it doesn't yeah. always have the the big like firework ending yeah so I think that's what's makes those types of stories good and he he does say the guy in that book that I read recently he does say like um that is the reality. Like not every story has these big like climatic endings, but mm. we all want it because it's like we're invested into it. And the same when it comes to your health and fitness, like you've invested into it. So you want it to have this big event. You want to do this big thing at the end. And it's like, yeah, <laughs> it's okay if you don't, yeah. <laughs> like it's fine. Now yeah, then, let me... I, just, I just want to congratulate you for, for turning Ozark into an analogy into healthy striving. Brilliant. I had to bring it full, it full circle. I'm let's impressed. Take it one, more, one more step. So, oh, well, let's do it. Let's, let's, <laughs> <laughs> so then we can sit with that. I mean, that's a, that's a great analogy that the, you know, it, the, the process is always more meaningful than the Yeah. Goal. Yeah. The process of watching. Um, yeah. And then you get to like so that, yeah, Squid, yeah. Squid Game. Squid Game was another one. I was so, I absolutely loved it. And the ending was probably what the ending should be, but I wasn't satisfied with it. Yeah, yeah, because you're like, like, why is it? 
Why is your daddy's hair red? My, my expectations of it were a lot higher. And so I got to the end and I was like, oh, yeah, it, I probably, it probably should have ended like that. But I was like, oh, is there something else? God, this, honestly, you can link anything back to health and fitness. It's almost bizarre, actually. How does Squid mm. Game get to <laughs> Ozark? <laughs> um, I actually just, um, another thing from that book, is um, happiness equals results minus expectations. And the equation is simple. People are generally happy when the reality of life is better anticipated and reasonably high expectations are often a recipe for disappointment. So people just being happy in um, what they're doing. And like we said, finding joy in the little things like Jess said when people are older and they realize that they don't actually remember when they got a sub three marathon or did this whatever they if you think oh what do you remember it's always little things that you didn't think so just being able to acknowledge them and in 4,000 weeks as well that um the book I just read before this one he says the same thing but like if we currently if we always want something else always then you're never ever going to be content in anything but that you do but does it does it take the big things and the big strives and the big mistakes in order to realize that so what yeah. if what if you live so. what what if you live live this risk-free cautious by the book life you know where, vanilla yeah so so yeah what, what would you the story wouldn't be so great i doubt no and so no, i think so there's the pro there is the process mm -hmm. within each story where you've got yeah. to go you've got to, you've got to try these things got to go for also like again you never follow a film where you're like oh and they just did that all the time it's like you follow them through there's always the bit in the film where you're like oh, oh is it gonna go are they gonna, yeah. are they gonna yeah. get okay do you know what that's what i used to hate and I'm, again sorry if anyone's listening but i don't really like disney films because it is a bit of a roller coaster every time like you know, and they like they take you through the mill, like that like something really bad happens. Snow White, evil witch in the woods. I used to be terrified of that as a kid. And then you and then you just don't know what's gonna happen. And then eventually the story turns out, okay, happy ending. So that's a bit of a different one. That always does end in a happy ending. But <laughs> when it comes to a good story, you do need <laughs> the ups and downs. Anyway, yeah, yeah. you need, yeah. And if you're reading a book and it's just like normal. Yeah, you need a film, and it's just someone's life. Like you need, there's something bad happens, something really good happens, somewhat something catastrophic might happen. You need the protagonist to go through the mill in order to be on board with like their what it means to them to get to that point, like exactly. that, that peak or whatever it is. Exactly, right, guys. Should we round That's up? That's a great place to end. That was Jess. Beep. That was fantastic work, Mass. Great, thanks, great thanks, pod. Thanks for joining us on episode 49. Thanks for having me. It was nice. See, I told you the time goes. Flies. It? It really I've been does. watching the last 10 minutes sit down because I've been bursting for a week. Um, <laughs> me too. Okay, me too. Mass, where can people find you? Um, 11 South Grove. So. <laughs> <laughs> Mass, you can't... You can't say your address. Oh, right. I mean, I'm not... I, was, I mean, I was joking, but... <laughs> I'm not sure anybody's going to be too bothered about where I live. Um, where can people find me? They can find me, uh, probably best place is Insta, Opex Manchester. Um, and obviously we'll tag him in the, um, and let's just hope yeah, that the recording next. works because my internet went a bit funny halfway through and cut off. 
fingers crossed so this might be a part one and part two who knows um, <laughs> we shall see but yeah thanks for um listening guys and yeah we'll don't see forget next to week. give us a like subscribe and share as always big love yeah. okay bye 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 bye, bye, bye.